Wow. It's just great to be together this morning. And um, can I just say thank you to our musicians and our worship team. What an amazing job you did. Well done. Thank you. Guys, just incredible. And um, so much more for us to celebrate in that, I know. Uh, Hey, six years today that this site was launched. Isn't that amazing? Six years today, and we give thanks to God for his faithfulness. We thank him for all the good things. There are many stories of God's blessing and salvation, aren't there? There are many stories of people who've encountered the love of God, and what a great God we have. So faithful in every way, and um, it's just great to be able to share on this sixth anniversary, literally to the day, 29th of September 2013, when we began here as a multi-site church, just to share a little bit of the vision again that God has for us. I want to read um, a couple of passages from the Bible. We love the Bible. We love the fact that it's the Word of God. It's truth. It sets us free. It's what is our foundation on so many things that we, we look to. And so let's just turn to the Word of God as we do that right now. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at Exodus 33, and I'm going to ask Ginny to come and then read from Matthew 28, Exodus 33, verse 12. And I've been spending a lot of time, actually, in the book of Exodus um, over these last weeks, and um, this is what I felt was right to read this morning. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Goodness me. So in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen. I I hope you will have got from those verses what is the most important thing that defines us as the family of God? What is the most important thing that defines us as the family of God? And you're gonna tell me, aren't you? It's his presence. It is his presence. And the Bible, from start to finish, actually speaks of the presence of God being key to everything. The Bible starts with the presence of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then at the end of the Bible, we read of a a heaven and earth coming together as one experience in the new Jerusalem. And at the center is God dwelling with his people. It's the presence of God. And caught up, Between those two points, which is kind of where we fit in, are men and women made in the image of God, filled 
with his breath, his presence, that allows us to know that we're alive. Have you got the breath of God in you? Are you alive? Because that's what happens when the breath of God comes into you. We read about how that got messed up, that we as human beings fell and were led into a place of sin, that we live in a broken world. But now able to be fixed. The Bible uses the term redeemed, made new, brought back again by the coming near, the presence of God himself in Christ Jesus. Able to be made new, born again because of the reviving power that was released through Jesus when he was resurrected to life again and through the power of the Holy Spirit poured out as a consequence of him being alive forevermore. It is the presence of God that now applies that saving work into every believer, everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Does that excite you a little bit? That's important, isn't it? It's the presence of God. And for what purpose? What was this all about? What's the purpose of it? Well, firstly, that we, this is, blows me every time, that we might enjoy him forever. <laughs> Do you know, we, we often think about God enduring us, kind of putting up with us. Do you know what? He enjoys us. He delights in us. And he wants us to enjoy him forever. He didn't want heaven without us. I, I know it sounds a bit pretentious to say that, but actually he wanted us to be with him. Isn't that good news? That we would enjoy him, made new in Christ. We would know unbroken fellowship and intimacy with the living God. I want to ask you a question. Do you know fellowship and intimacy with the living God? I don't mean do you come to church and do religion. I mean, do you know intimacy with the living God? That is what his presence brings. And it's also that we, filled with the Holy Spirit, would live together as one new race of people. That's what Richard read out right at the beginning. That we would be made new, not just as different nations, different genders, different social groups, different places, cultures. But now, in Jesus, we become a brand new race of people where every barrier, every division that we can put in place as human beings is literally broken down by the power of the cross. Don't you just love that? Just look at the diversity in this room. Just look at the nations. Look at the backgrounds. Look at the cultures, the ages, the stages. I love the fact that we have people who have just stepped into the room today and people who have been here for 50 years. I love the fact that we have people who have just literally been born and those who are knocking on the door of a century. I love that. I love the fact that we're different but we're one in Jesus Christ. I love that. It's fitting we're together today. But you know, to enjoy him forever is the first reason. But secondly, the second purpose is this. That we then, filled with his presence, filled with his power, the Holy Spirit, we then get to fill the whole earth with the knowledge of his glory. We are presence-filled witnesses that step out courageously with words and works and wonders for his glory. That's what we get to do. That's what Anne kind of read when she read that thing from Haggai about the glory of the Lord. Do you know what? We get to demonstrate the glory of the Lord, his presence in us, his power in us, the Holy Spirit in every one of you, going and leading us out with his words, with his works, and with his wonders. Isn't that good news? That's awesome. That is what we are about. And 
That's actually what lies behind what has, I guess, become our mission statement as a church. A diverse family going and growing in Bedford and beyond for the glory of God. That's what we're about. And I love that. I love the fact that we are this amazing family going for his glory. We get to represent Jesus Christ to the world around us. And our mission is to be like Jesus and to make followers who are just like him. How do we do that? Filled with his presence. It's not complicated. Filled with his presence. To be precise, filled with the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. You will go, not just to Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria, but to the very ends of the earth. Wow. And you know what? Revival is an awakening of the people of God to this truth. And it's an awakening of the lost, those that don't yet know Jesus, to know that they need to be made right with the God who made them. It wakes up the church. It wakes up those who are far away. I want revival. Because it's all about this. It's all about this. And you know, just a few months ago, sitting in the revival center of Aviva Miento Church in Bogota, surrounded by 25,000 people, including members of the All Nations senior team, profoundly being touched and undone by the reviving presence of the Holy Spirit. I can only begin to try and talk about that. Just was the, the intensity of what was going on there. But in that meeting, it dawned on me that what we were experiencing, what I've just talked about, was something of my world and something of our world as a church for the last 12 months or so. By the grace of God and a life-altering encounter with the Holy Spirit in that same place for me 12 months before, we have hosted as All Nations Church the same Holy Spirit who is bringing new life and radical transformation to the nation of Colombia and many other nations around the world. We have hosted him. We've made, okay, sometimes falteringly, sometimes kicking and screaming, sometimes in ways that we haven't fully understood, but we have made space for him. Because we know that unless he comes with us, we don't want to go. And we have seen as a result of that salvation. We want more. We want more, but we've seen salvation. The weak of 24-7 prayer back in May, praying on a Thursday evening as our youth were having their meeting. We're praying, Lord, save. Lord, break in. Eight young people get saved that night. Wow. Okay, I want more moments like that. More moments where we see people come into life. We've seen people healed. Where is she? Alex. Alex has got an amazing story. Alex, I'm going to, I'm going to share it because we haven't got time. But this week, someone that came to her house, a lady that does, and she's upset. And this lady says, there's a member of her family. Is it her family? A sister. Okay, so awesome. Basically, the baby was in severe danger, took them out, prayed, God broke in. Millie, your story last week about how you were healed, about accident in your childhood. God healed, broke in just a few weeks ago, and God has set you free from that. And what I've heard, 
you're talking about this on the bus and all people on the bus are hearing what's happening about it. That's the stuff that I'm talking about. That is when the Holy Spirit breaks in. It's not just what we do on a Sunday. This is affecting every part of our life. It brings life in every place. And I, I, I just know, as I sat in that meeting, I, I felt something. And I don't know whether this means anything to you at all, but I, for me it was everything. I felt the delight of heaven. I felt the delight of heaven that we'd been obedient. Falteringly, sometimes clinging on, but I felt the delight of heaven. Are you pleased with me? Moses, do you remember that? Are you pleased with me, God? Have I got your faith? I'm pleased. My favour comes with you. We've got the favour of God, church. Oh, come on. Some of you don't believe that. <laughs> we have the favour of God. He likes us. He likes to be with us. And I realised in that moment also something else. I don't want to do anything else than live from that place of his presence. I cannot go back to just working programs, just distilling even the best knowledge and wisdom learned over the years from others, as helpful as that can be. I'm not against learning, by the way. It's great. But you know what? Just refining church growth techniques, getting that stuff, it doesn't thrill me anymore because it's empty often of that very ingredient that makes what Christianity is all about, the presence of God. I can't settle even just for the appearance of healthy numbers or healthy finance and ministries that, for the most part, make the church look successful. What is success in the eyes of God? It's not that. It's men and women who are transformed by the presence of God, on fire with him, and living for his glory. I wouldn't on any level presume to put myself in Moses' shoes, but I got what he understood. If we don't have the presence of God, we have nothing. God promises to be with us. My presence will go with you. I am always with you, even to the very end of the age. And you know, that's not just some mystical kind of, well, he's, he's here, isn't he? No, this is his manifest presence. This is the promise of him being in us and upon us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want that? Do you really want that? Because that is what, as a church, we're called to step into. Oh, gosh, I've got so much here. We've been given so many promises of revival. Seeing what happens in Colombia stirs me with faith for what God can do in our nation. And we've also been given prophetic promises that if you know and understand the time in which you're living and you act upon what you've received, then your nation will be revived again. Our nation. That's the promise. I can't ignore that. And so it's so important that we live in that place. And, and you know, I, I need to see this and we'll get, we'll get into some of the stuff that it's probably just a little bit of the outworking of this. Since the presence of God is the most precious thing, the thing that defines us and makes us distinctive from all others, it's not surprising, is it, that it's the one thing that the enemy seeks to attack in as many ways as he can. You see, he can't move God away from us. Hallelujah. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. His presence is promised. But he can cause us to move away from God. And most significantly, tempt us to function without a reliance on his presence or his power. He makes it so we play it safe. 
He makes it so that we stick to the things that we think we can do. And he's most content when we turn life-giving intimacy and power just into clinical or even efficient good works, as good as they might be, that actually have little of the relationship of the life of God. Church, let me just put this into English for you. If you don't have the life of God in what you're doing, it ain't worth doing. And that means even the good works and the good deeds that we seek to do, and I'm not knocking good works because they are important. They are an overflow of what God calls us to do. But if we do them without this anointing of the Holy Spirit, they are just works. Let me put this, try and put it into a little phrase for you. Action without anointing is just activity. Action without the anointing of the Holy Spirit is just activity. And there are many churches that are full of activity and also many tired and burnt out Christians. And maybe you might even put your hand up and say, I'm one of those, I'm feeling that right now. What you need is the anointing of God. You need to come back into that place of his presence and know again the reviving, restoring, just bringing life back into you so that when you then get to do the stuff, which you will get to do the stuff, it will come as anointed action, not just activity. Isn't that what you want? And so many of us, so many of us, I know are tired tired of the church cycle. We want God's recycling, (laughs) reviving, bringing us alive again into his presence. That's what I want. And you know, I I love our statement. We're going to get into some stuff just in a second, but I love the fact that we are this diverse family going and growing in Bedford and beyond for the glory of God. I I know that that defines us on one level, but I don't want it to be the prime thing that defines us. I want us as a church to be ultimately defined as a people who are people of his presence. I want All Nations Church to have, if you like, the reputation. If you go and meet with those people, you will meet with God. You will know the presence of the Holy Spirit tangibly there. If you go amongst those people, you will have miracle signs and wonders break out because the presence of the living God is there. I want us to have people who are so on fire with his presence that you cannot help but be changed because of what God is doing in their lives. By the way, that doesn't mean it's all going to be neat and tidy and that nothing bad's going to happen. Don't mishear what I'm saying. Do you know what? God never promises us a first-class ride. What he promises us is his first-class presence. His presence. And he's with us. And that's the promise. And church, that's what I want us to be defined by. More than anything else. He's the vision. What's the vision? He's the vision. He is the one that we invest it all in because that is what this is all about. So, does that stir you a little bit? Oh gosh, I'm bursting with this. I could explode. I could explode. I am restraining myself. I am restraining myself because it will be good for you. <laughs> so how do, we, how do we live in this presence lifestyle? How do we live with this culture of revival? Well, it has to start personally. It has to start with you and me taking seriously what God has said. I want to ask you to put yourself in a place of availability to welcome all the Holy Spirit is doing and personally let him fill you and encounter you. Our first calling is to be with Jesus to walk in intimacy with him, hearing him speak, learning from him. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes that a reality. And I I want to invite 
those of you who just don't feel in that place, don't know that, I want to invite you on a journey. I want to invite you on a journey that he, he, he just longing to take you on this journey with him. That you get filled, that you would get alive, that you'd get released in all these things. Because that's what he wants for you. And I just want to say, wherever, therefore, there's an opportunity to receive from him, do it. I so love the story of Rich. Rich, who looks after our South Site here, a South Site leader, he made a decision many years before any of this, what he's doing now, happened, where he said, I'm just going to say yes to God, whatever he says. It's a dangerous thing to do, isn't it? But I'm, I'm going to say yes to God, whatever he says. Whatever it is, I'm not going to hold back. Say yes to God. I want to invite you to have that same mentality, that same attitude. Whatever he says. Don't play it safe. We weren't called to be safe. Christians aren't meant to be safe. We're supposed to be dangerous. Dangerous. Especially to the enemy. And yet so often, we play it safe. We play it comfortable. We're not called to be comfortable as God's people. We have a comforter, but we're called to be those who live by faith. And faith is often in the Bible spelt R-I-S-K. I know that's a cliche, but it's true. You step out, out of your comfort zone, into his enabling presence. That's what it's about. I want to invite you on a journey. Come on, come on this journey, wherever you are. We want to help you with that. So we want to invest as a church in all the things that welcome his presence and make space for encountering him. That's point one. That's point one. That's what we want to do. And you know, worship is a massive, massive part of that. And we're going on a journey as a church. I just want to say this up front. It's going to take time because when you, when you go on a journey from the beginning, it takes things like budgets that have to be adjusted and getting teams together. But we're on a journey across this church of, re, if you like, refiring worship with a new sense of direction and a new sense of this being the place from which we live and do everything else. And so over this next while, there's going to be different teams, but this is also an invitation for you to get caught up in our worship. If you know the anointing of God upon you, you have a gift, you have different things in your heart to get stirred in worship, come on the journey with us. Come and play your part. Come and get involved as we, we kind of reform teams, as we bring new things, as we look to invest in this amazing thing that we get the privilege of doing as the people of God. This is a priority. Make worship a priority in your life. Make it the thing that you start the day with. Make it the thing that you, you kind of end the day with and everything else in between. I just want to encourage you to come on that journey. Worship. Secondly, we want to invest in prayer. Do you know, I'm so grateful that pursuing God, which is our kind of bi-weekly, um, is that right? Fortnightly, that's what I meant to say. Fortnightly prayer meeting that we have um, in the evening at 7 o'clock on a Sunday. That has become a powerhouse. It has become a place where we've encountered the presence of God. It's a place where we press in, we worship, we pray for God to touch our land, to fill our lives, to make us alive with him. We've seen some amazing things. We want to make that available to as many of you as dare come along. We want you to come and be part of this prevailing movement of prayer that kind of pushes us forward as the people of God. I'm going to ask Heather to come and just talk about something else in prayer that we have got coming up literally next Sunday. So... I could stand here and just kind of tell you about the logistics of what's coming up the next week. Um, we've got a prayer meeting called Awakening, um, 168 hours across a week, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I could sort of 
hold up this that you should all have on your chairs and, and which is a menu of what's going to go on and highlight some of the stuff that's on there, talk about how the young adults are going to be leading us, um, how we've got the youth are coming and doing something one of the evenings, how we've got a Spanish kind of service where they're going to um, helpfully bring us into prayer, breakfast prayer, prayer at the north, prayer at the south, prayer in Faraday. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I could hold up, uh, one other thing that I'm not going to do is just highlight on the final day where we've got a big celebration after the service where we're joining together to celebrate our uh, diversity with food, fun and music. I'm not going to do that either. Um, I could hold up these sheets which shows us how to sign up to um, come into the building or to pray at home so that 168 hours of prayer are covered and I could implore you to join us in doing that but I'm not going to do that either but what I am going to do is just share about answered prayer about three years ago um, God put on Jonathan and I's heart about adopting children um, it wasn't something that we had necessarily considered but God put that seed in our heart and about seven days ago ten days ago um, that prayer was answered and we've been approved to adopt <laughs> it's been quite a long journey it's been quite a, a challenging journey uh, we've had to sacrifice we, we, we needed to move house to be able to give space to be able to do that um, we've had to persistently to push into prayer. There were times where we, we wondered whether it, we, we'd heard from God. Uh, you know, we, it was, it's been kind of just a you know, difficult and challenging thing. And, but we've had loads and loads of people kind of praying into it. And one thing that we've learned is that we had to align our heart with God's heart first. We had to persist in prayer and we had to sacrifice to do it. And I guess that's the message I want to share with you about prayer week. This is not just something that we put on for you to come along and, or not come along. You need to think about aligning your heart with God's heart. A year or so ago, we were, we were promised revival. We were promised revival in our church and in our land. And we need to align our hearts with God's heart if yeah. we want that to happen. Yeah. And we need to sacrifice if we want that to happen. Often we'll look at these things and think, oh, where am I going to fit that into what I'm doing? That's the wrong, wrong thing to do. What am I going to sacrifice so that I can join with All Nations Church to pray for revival in this town and in this, uh, this church? And how are we going to persist together to do that? We need to pray into revival. We need to pray for words, works and wonders. We need to be a people that are awakened so that we can awaken the lost as well. I'm going to be standing outside with these sheets. You've all got this to show you um, what's going on. Come and sign up. Fantastic. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yep. I think you might have nicked my notes. Thank you. Okay. Gosh, time is flying by. Um, so, worship, prayer. Where's Ralph? Ralph, come. We also want to invest in releasing the gift of prophecy. And Ralph, just very briefly if I can. That's okay, sorry. Right, for those who don't know me, my name is Ralph and I have the privilege uh, along with Lynn Short to um, be involved in the prophetic team. Um, I just want to read two passages to you before I start. One is from Acts, and it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
So that's all of us. All of us will prophesy. And then Paul, he goes on to say in um, Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So about a year ago, after Richard had come back from Bogota, it was recognized by the elders and leaders that we needed to honor the prophetic words that we receive and have some way of collating, weighing them, giving glory to God and acting on them. So the prophetic team was gathered. Uh, we're made up of a diverse group of people from both North and South side, from the eldership and from, and from the leaders. What do we do? Well, we set up a prophetic email so that anyone who feels God has given them a prophetic word can send it to the team so that it can be weighed. The emails are monitored on a daily basis and all words are sent out to a wider team, including all of the elders, all of the senior leadership team, as well as those within the prophetic team. We send a response to the people who acknowledging the word that they've sent and we promise to get back to them and provide some feedback. The services are monitored all the recordings we listen to, pick up any words that have been shared so that, again, we collate all of those words and send them out for weighing. Monthly, we have a, a meeting uh, where we review a summary of all the words that, have been that we've received, and uh, we interact on the internet to um, help us to interpret, to uh, get some sort of application and see how that can feed into what God is saying for us as a family and how we can respond to that. You'll notice in your monthly Elevate magazines, there is a summary of the prophetic words. And that's for all of you to look at, to read, to pray into. And if you hear anything on a Sunday, a prophetic word that has really spoken to you, um, and you want to uh, have, a, uh, have that word so that you can pray into it and see what God is saying to you, then just email the prophetic email address and we can send it out to you. We don't want it to be a secret squirrel. We're not, we're not experts. We're not any different from any of you. Prophecy is open to all of us. So what have been the results over the year? We've had over 200 words wow. since July last year from over 50 to 60 different people of the church. We've arranged an advanced prophetic training course for those that we've noticed who are already moving in that gifting, being led by a gifted prophetic leader from, um, from Kettering Open Door Church, Adrian Horner. We've networked with other prophetic individuals by attending a prophetic forum. What are we going to do in the future? We're hoping to set up an equipping series early next year for anyone who's interested in learning or growing in their prophetic gifting. We continue to meet with those who attended the prophetic training course to equip and encourage them. We continue to encourage prophecy at all nations. We pray for the town of Bedford. During the next month, during this next week of, of prayer, we're hoping to take teams around the town to pray for what God has been saying through the prophetic about this town, the promises that is laid about this town. We've, we've looked and we've gone back through records that various different people have kept of words that have been given about this town, and they are awesome. They are awesome. We want to step out into the community using this gifting to impact people's lives. And finally, a, a, a statement, a vision statement that we, we want to share with you all. We want to welcome and release the spiritual gift of prophecy at All Nations Church so that we see the church body encouraged, strengthened, built up and equipped to grow in all that God has planned for us, enabling every individual to embrace their destiny, to know who they are in Christ and what God has called them to do within the church, to see his kingdom break out here in Bedford and beyond, to see revival sweep the nations, giving glory to Jesus. That's wonderful. Thank you, Pop. That's wonderful, Ralph. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Okay, I hope you're getting some of the heart of that. Now, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to summarise some of the other things and I'm going to invite, just in a moment, Paul Dowling to come and do one final thing. But this is about the presence. We've got some things that we're feeling as a church we need to invest in in terms of people who are ahead of us in terms of some of the things I've been talking about. And so there's some conferences that are coming up in different places. And um, we're going to be joining with some friends at Cromer Church in Leicester. I also want to invite you to come and be part of an event that's happening in Cardiff in November, where the pastors from Aviva Miento Church in Colombia are going to be in the UK. So the guys that prophesied over us, the guys that we've had so much fellowship with over these last 12 months or so, they're going to be in Cardiff, and they're going to be there for two nights on the 6th and the 7th of November. And again, you'll need to sign in for that. Now, what it's going to mean is we're going to sacrifice, actually, some of the conferences that we do here so that we can go and be part of those events. It's a cost, but I believe we need to kind of invest and get ahead of where we are right now. So that's going to happen. I'll give you some more details of that at another time. So that's the presence thing. But from that presence, we then get to proclaim this message outside. And what God is saying us to do is that words, works, and wonders need to come from his presence in such power that we see this happening wherever we go. And we're going to step out courageously. And one of the things that we get to do that with is in the places where God has put us. And here at South, it's significant that God has released to us some community centers. And Paul Dowling, very quickly, I know you're going to come and, uh, yeah, come on, come on. I, I, I want to share this because this is, this is the overflow. This is the overflow of the presence of God because we were guided, we were led, we put this in, God released it to us. Paul. Good morning, church. Um, so yeah, as, as Rich was saying, you know, um, last year the council made the decision they wanted to hand over the running of all their community centres in Bedford to different groups. Um, and so we, you know, there are two in particular in this, the South Bedford area that we put in applications for. Some guys worked really hard, uh, and you know, with God's grace, uh, you know, the community we kind of were successful in those applications. So uh, we're in the process of taking over Faraday Community Centre, which is kind of half a mile that way, and Jubilation uh, Centre, which is kind of half a mile that way. You know, God has gifted us uh, to the opportunity to run these two amazing community centres. You know, I was thinking, actually, just as we were talking, you know, God's got a track record of gifting us buildings. I, I remember, you know, we said, today's the six-year anniversary of South here. You know, I remember seven years ago thinking, wow, where, where are we going to meet? And then, you know, the, the council just happened to build this amazing building, which opened, like, three weeks before we started meeting here. I don't, you know, God has a track record at the South of providing us places, and I think that's awesome. You know, we have, we've got such an amazing opportunity at these community centres. You know, there are, they're both right in the middle of kind of real communities. You know, I was thinking, you know, real families, you know, my friends, my community, and, you know, God has given us this opportunity to be a real blessing to them, um, to serve them, to meet their needs, and, you know, ultimately to transform their lives, right, of the love of Jesus. Yeah, it... And it's something that's been going on for a while now as we've been kind of going through the process. There's lots of, we've been doing lots of work to kind of set up a, a charity, Compassion Bedford, uh, to run the community centres. Uh, we're currently still kind of negotiating the leases with the council and it, it might see, all, seem all very kind of boring and technical, but it's really important because when we get those right, you know, it's going to ensure we kind of get those centres in the best possible terms, ultimately to be a massive blessing to the community and to be led by God in what he's doing. And so... That, you know, there, are, there are loads of good things already going on in those centres. Uh, and you know what? We get the opportunity to partner with the people who are already there. You know, not, not some Christians, some non-Christian, but you know, they're doing amazing things to try and impact this community. And we get to step alongside them uh, and, and bless them and be a part of that. Um, and you know, as part of that, one of the things we're doing um, is we've employed Shanice Brown. I don't know, Shanice, if you could stand and wave awkwardly for me. Woo! <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Shanice is our community centre coordinator and she's doing an amazing job as we kind of look to set up those businesses as, we, as she's kind of coordinating all the activities, meeting all the amazing people who hire them uh, and just generally being a massive blessing. So thank you. Um, you know, these ultimately are going to be an awesome tool uh, through which we can bless the community. And uh, you know, my, my heart in all of this ultimately is you know, we set something up in, in, both, in compassion 
uh, and through the church, which sees, uh, sees these communities massively changed. Yeah. I, I was reflecting this morning. I, I've lived here, lived here for 20 years, kind of a stone's throw from these two centres. Uh, and you know what? There are some awesome people in the streets and towns that kind of surround these areas. But you know, they're awesome people who you know, are going through all kinds of stuff and need, need Jesus to break in. They're awesome people who need to meet an awesome Jesus so we can have an awesome party celebrating it. Yeah. You know, like uh, Lisa was saying, it's an opportunity for all of us to get involved. This isn't like a side thing that we're kind of doing as a church. Right? This, is, this is us as a church getting to run these centres, getting to be a blessing to our community. So I want to encourage you to you know, put, put your rugby top on and come and get on the pitch and get involved. You know, in particular, you know, I'm desperate for some people who really like things like policies and finance. Yeah, to 95% of you, that's probably really boring. But to maybe that 1% or 2%, Jay, if that's you, I'd love to chat to you. I need some help with those kind of things. But yeah, do you get my heart? Oh, you know, we want to see Jesus move in this, in this bit of town. Amen. Uh, I just believe he's going to do that. So can I encourage you, uh, you know, please pray. Pray that we, you know, these lease negotiations get, get finished quickly and favourably. Uh, can I just encourage you, you know, we've got loads of work to do to get these things running, just for God's provision of amazing God. Can you pray for Shanice as he's on the ground? Uh, can you pray that we build great relationships with the people who hire it? Uh, and you know, most of all, can you pray that God massively blesses this, ta- this bit of town uh, and that we see ones and twos and tens and hundreds of thousands of people uh, yes. meet Jesus yes. and fill this place? Amen. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay. Okay. Can we stand up? Uh, you've been sitting for a long time. Thank you. You've been so... Pa- I, there's so much more. One of the things that um, we want to do is let what the presence of God does in us spill out everywhere. doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? But actually, it's the best thing that can happen to this town. And so some of the things that we're going to do is that we are literally going to look at everything that we do and we feel very strongly that God is saying that what we should do is very, very clear, unashamedly about Jesus. So we're not going to hide away. Yes, we're going to be wise and sensible, but we are not going to hide Jesus. We're not going to hide his gospel. We're going to be, if I can use this phrase, loud and proud about him. And that means that we're going to take some risks. And so some of the things that we're looking to do is we're going to have healing services. We're going to be getting out onto the streets. In fact, we're going to be looking to do that even from next month, to get out onto the streets. And, and, and you're all invited. And some of you are thinking, ah! And I'm saying, hallelujah. Because actually, if you're feeling, ah, you need the Lord, because you can't do it in your own strength. And we've had amazing opportunities, even in these last weeks, to go and do that. There's an openness in our town to the gospel, and you're part of it. And we had that word, didn't we? Put your kit on and get out onto the pitch, and that's what we're going to do. And I I just want to finish with this, and and I'm sorry that my timing has been awful this morning. Forgive me for that. But, you know, God's timing is perfect. And actually what he wants to bring is revival to us and to this town, and he wants you to be part of it. And he wants you to come and say, I'm in. I'm fully in. And I want to invite you, whoever you are, whatever your background, to come on the journey with us as All Nations Church. Whether it's right at the start, whether it's you've been here for 50 years or whatever, come on, you still wear the jersey. You still wear what it is to be part of his team. And I want to say to you, let's, let's give our money. Do you know money is important in this season? Please, if you're not giving, I want to invite you, please start giving. If you've stopped giving, please can you give again? If, Lord, there's no pressure on that. It's all about you and God. But we need the resources of the kingdom released. Yes. We also need you to come. And, and if you've got time, some of you, you know, maybe you don't work as many hours as you used to. Why don't you come and give a day a week to come and work at the church? Why don't you come as some of our impact students, Joel and uh, Lucas, have done? So I'm going to give up 12 months to just come and serve and be part of the team. There are many ways in which you can come and do this. But I want to say to you, don't be on the bench. Don't be on the bench. Can I just invite our musicians just to come up? We're going we're to finish on this note. Our children are back in here. I want to pray. I want to wrap this up and I want to give us a call really just to come and, and, and go again from that place of his presence, knowing that if he doesn't come with us, we're not going. <laughs> but he does want to come with us because he really likes us and he, his favour is upon us. 
And actually, he wants to release his glory through us upon every place that we put our foot. So Jesus, right now, I, I just want to say, I just want to say to you, here we are as All Nations Church. We're hungry for your presence. Actually, most importantly, we want you. Our vision is you. It's all about you, Jesus. And we just say, Lord, we're here for you. And, and, and everything, every part is yours. I just want to encourage you to make that your prayer right now. Don't, don't let me just lead us to close the service. I want to engage your heart with his heart. Lord, have it all. Lord, please guard us from being a dip in or a loose change people. We don't want to just give you our loose change or just dip in from time to time. We want to be those that are all in. Lord, what, what is it that you would give us that we can give back to you, fully surrendered to you? Lord, we give it to you right now. And Father, I want to pray that you would send revival. Will you revive us as a church? You've already started the flames, Lord. We're grateful for that. More, Lord, please, more of that. But Lord, revive our town. Let every Christian in this town from every congregation be so alight with your Holy Spirit that this town ignites with revival. And Lord, as we look at the desperate state of our nation, desperate state of leadership, we say, revive our nation, Lord Jesus. Send revival. Pour out your spirit on our land. Pour out your spirit on our land. And Lord Jesus, we say on this Vision Sunday, let us go again with words and works and wonders. Release miracle signs and wonders that will accompany the preaching of your word and that good works will flow out of anointed kind of prophetic stuff that you lead us into. Yeah, Jesus, that's our prayer. And we give ourselves wholeheartedly for your glory now. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen.